Welcome to More Than Tracy Turnblad, the podcast about fat representation in entertainment and media. My name is Abby Rose Morris, and today I am interviewing Georgia Skye, aka Body Queen. She is an actor and TikTok creator. She is so smart, and I love her content. You should definitely follow her at Body Queen if you are not already. And we had such a fun conversation, lots of laughter. Unfortunately, the audio quality is not what I wish it was this week, but hopefully you can still hear everything we say. Um, It just may not sound as good as I wish it did or as it has other weeks. So apologies for that. But I hope you'll still be able to, you know, get the gist, understand what we're saying and enjoy the interview. But before we get to that, I want to talk about something that has been going on in current events this week, which is the Facebook whistleblower issue. This little intro segment includes some discussion of eating disorders, so I want to let you guys know that if that's something that is not healthy for you to listen to, please skip forward past this and go right into the interview. I'll see you there. So one of the issues that's come out around the Facebook whistleblower is that Facebook has essentially been pushing pro-anorexia content onto young, underage, teenage girls. And these teen girls are suffering from poor mental health, poor body image, depression, um, and it's all sort of being exacerbated by this content on these platforms. But the thing is, the more engagement content gets, the better for Facebook and the better for the big tech companies. So that's why they have been refusing to regulate this kind of content because more engagement is better for them. So even if someone is looking up just healthy recipes, they're going to start seeing those posts about anorexia because that is what is spread more widely since it's what keeps people interested in using the apps. The other interesting thing about this too is that even though this content on Instagram makes teenage girls feel worse and probably all of us feel worse generally, they continue to engage with it even more, even though it's hurting their self-esteem, which is seems a little bit counterintuitive. But as a former teenage girl who was alive in the Tumblr era, I certainly understand the draw of pro-anorexia content. I think there's something very validating about seeing all the horrible thoughts you're thinking about yourself, like you're seeing this content that supports that you're thinking those thoughts and puts forward your bad self-esteem as a good thing that's going to improve you. And teenage girls are already so invalidated by our entire culture that it really makes sense that they would seek this kind of content out or they would fall prey to it when it's pushed in their faces and not be able to say, no way, this is disordered. I'm not doing this. I mean, we always think that like that little voice in our head that says the very worst thing that's going to happen is correct, right? So again, it makes a lot of sense that people would be drawn to this sort of stuff. But I think the way that it's led from healthy recipes into that stuff is even more insidious than it once was back in the old days of Tumblr. So if anyone here was not online in the 2010s, let me take you on a little journey. (laughs) Once upon a time, there was a website called Tumblr, and there was a lot of pro-anorexia content on it. There was a huge pro-ana community. They would post quote, inspirational, end quote, pictures of like really emaciated girls. There would be a lot of like really intense diet and workout plans that they would post. And I remember many like inspirational quotes that would say like nothing tastes as good as skinny feels or like 
whatever incredible, awful body shaming thing. So the interesting difference between that pro-anorexia content on Tumblr and what is now being pushed on Instagram, which I think I actually have seen some of just by default of looking up, you know, cooking stuff, healthy recipes, nutrition stuff, and then also like intuitive eating, anti-diet stuff, because I guess the algorithms can't differentiate between dieting and anti-dieting, intuitive eating kind of stuff. I know that I and a lot of other fat content creators on TikTok who are not trying to lose weight get weight loss videos showing up on our For You page all the time because I guess TikTok thinks that if you're interested in fat liberation content, you must also be interested in dieting or anything that like has the keyword of fat. That's an optimistic explanation. I guess the pessimistic one would be that they're trying to get us to lose weight with the algorithm. I'm choosing not to believe that. I'm an optimist. I believe the best in people. Anyway, a lot of the pro-Anna Tumblr content back in the day had a pretty different ethos than the sort of gateway to disordered eating content that I see today that gets, you know, on my Instagram explore page or for you page. But I also think that I probably have not seen the full extent of what this content is. So it may be that it is closer to that sort of ethos. I just am basing this off the fact that it is the healthy eating content that leads people to the disordered eating. So the main difference that I see in the Tumblr anorexia culture and from what I know of it, what is going on today is that there is this real big focus on almost a spirituality of anorexia and of of just not eating. There was obviously a moral component, which there still is, but there was almost this like ideal that you would transcend the earthly plane by not caving into your like carnal, primal urges to eat food. Like you wanted to be better than human and above all other humans. And of course, eating disorders are competitive, so this makes sense. And like you not only wanted to be thinner than everyone else, you wanted to be special and superior to everyone else because you didn't need to to eat like they needed to eat. And in that way, it was made very obvious that like the psychology behind this was about control. Today, I actually think it might be a lot more insidious because when the gateway to pro-anorexia content is wellness content, is healthy eating, like those lines are so blurred, the areas are extremely gray. And like, who says what is disordered? Everyone probably has a different definition of disordered. For example, I look back on some of the diets I did that like people sometimes treat as a lifestyle and like love. And I'm like, no, that was disordered when I was doing it. That didn't feel mentally healthy for me, but some people certainly would not consider a diet like that disordered. So everyone's definition is different, and that makes it really hard to say when healthy eating content like crosses the line into pro-anorexia content. So while the ideals back in the Tumblr days were about being better than human ethereal, I think there's something now about wellness optimizing your humanity being the best you you can be, and it's framed as self-improvement, which to a degree pro-anorexia Tumblr was, but they're also, the psychological mechanism behind it was actually made pretty clear in those like ethereal pixie fairy days. Like while that stuff might still have had the tone of like, this is how you can be your best you, it wasn't really trying to pretend that this was healthy. It didn't have this very convenient excuse for the disordered eating that would like make it virtuous in the eyes of everybody, not just the people in the pro-anorexia community. 
Because in that community, there was definitely knowledge of like, oh, other people are going to try to tell you to stop, don't listen to them, stuff like that. But when you can just conveniently say, oh, no, I'm I'm healthy, I'm being healthy, a lot of people kind of won't question you as much. And Facebook has been endorsing all of this. And it just makes me so sick that the reason that Facebook is doing this, it's not simply a lack of oversight. It's because more engagement with this content, which of course people want to engage with because these fears are being stoked in them and they are more and more insecure and need to find community around that and need to go to a place where their bad feelings of insecurity are validated because when you're feeling like so shitty about your body or whatever and you go to a place where it says, yeah, no, your body is unacceptable and you should be striving to look like this, you're like, yes, that's what my feelings are. Like you feel heard and seen. So it makes perfect sense why this is such a a deeply problematic thing to be pushing on teenage girls. And hopefully there will be some more oversight of this. You know, when I was a teenage girl and I would hear like, oh, they're just wanting to profit off of you. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but now it makes me so angry and I'm like, no, our children. And that's how I can tell that I am getting old <laughs> or older. I'm not ready to say 25 is old, but TikTok, <laughs> not the app. Can you guys tell I'm having a quarter life crisis? Anyway, if you were a victim of pro eating disorder content, it's pretty amazing that Facebook is being held accountable. Finally, I'm appalled that it took so long, but I think this is really great progress that we're seeing and what seems to be be a pretty good run of good progress from the world, or maybe I'm just a, an optimist, but I really feel like things have been shifting and moving regarding people's perceptions of fatness and fat representation in the media and the world, and now also with this tackling of eating disorder content. So once again, this is crazy. I'm ending on a positive note. What? Okay, well, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy my interview with Georgia Sky, aka Body Queen. So, welcome, Georgia. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! Uh, let's get started, like, at the very beginning of your journey as a performer and creator. So how did you first get into acting? Um, so I would always watch TV all the time. Um, when I was little, I would always get my hair braided. So my go-to movie was to watch Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston. So good. So I would watch it and sing, <laughs> sing the music back and forth and just reenact everything from that movie. And I think that's what gave me the bug and everything like that. And I didn't really get into acting until like I was in eighth grade. So, um, but I just always liked it. And I just liked mimicking what was happening on the TV. Yeah. And then when you got into acting, that was, you said, in like middle high school? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I went to like a performing arts after school program and I begged my mom to let me go because it was like in a different part of town and I had to take the bus and being a young girl taking the bus by yourself <laughs> is very 
Yeah. Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Connecticut. And um, originally, I wanted to be a singer. So I thought I was mm-hmm. going to be like how Lizzo is. But, you know, I thought I was going to be doing that. <laughs> um, and I wanted to sing. But then I got into some acting classes. because I was like, you know what? I think I can do this drama thing. And, um, yeah, I got the bug. And then I auditioned for my high school, which was called Greater Hartford Academy of the Arts. And, yeah, so um, I auditioned again to be a singer. <laughs> to be in the voice department but um my audition was horrible and what I mean horrible what they do is they the pianist they literally mess up the song like they mess up on purpose to make sure that you will continue going but me I'm singing the whiz I'm like so ready and then I'm singing home and the pianist literally messes up the song and I look at him like um excuse you this is a easiest like song in a way and so I like froze and I messed up but then I auditioned for the theater department that same day and um yeah I got in they had me do this exercise where they said they wanted me to wash my hands as my character and I was Mm -hmm. so committed only because I was heartbroken about my voice audition (laughs) (laughs) yeah well I guess it worked out um real quick could I maybe ask you to take your earrings off because I think they're like bumping against the airpods and I'm hearing like a bunch of background yes 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 they're so pretty I hate asking you to take them off but it's okay um. (laughs) okay awesome so then what did you end up doing after high school and how did you get out to LA it's a really long journey (laughs) but um, (laughs) I went to high school um, and uh I went to the academy and then I graduated, moved to New York, uh, went to a school mm-hmm. called Five Towns College for a bit, loved being in New York. I'm a New Yorker at heart, like in mm-hmm. my soul. Um, like anytime people ask me, like, where are you from? I always say New York. But um, the teachers didn't care about the students. And what I mean by oh. that is like the, a lot of the teachers, they were actors themselves and they wanted to audition. So they didn't want to be working at the school. And Ooh. you can feel that energy when they don't want to teach you. Yeah. Um, so I left New York and I transferred to Temple University. And um, I yeah. went to UART, so I'm very familiar with Philly. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <in> the house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I went to Philly and I met my amazing mentor, who I love dearly, Lee Kenneth Richardson. And um, then I went to London for a semester, studied at RADA. And I came back, graduated from Temple, and then I moved to London, and I went to Lambda, got my master's. Then I moved to LA after. Wow. So I've been everywhere on the East Coast, went overseas, lived there for like three years, acting over there, and then I came to LA. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know you'd been in London for so long. Mm-hmm. So when, like within all of this, did fat phobia start to show up for you? Like when did you first become aware that that was going to affect your journey as an actor? Um, I feel I learned it very early on, like not when I was in eighth grade, but I definitely learned when I was at my high school. Um, mm-hmm. As we both know, like fat phobia is also rooted in racism. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my teachers, not all of them, but a lot of my teachers that I had, they were saying to me, Georgia, you can't be like a love interest. You can't be a leading lady. You're only going to be a slave or a maid. And it just like broke my little heart like at like 14, like hearing this from my teachers and whatnot. And like, also, I was the only fat one. I was the only black girl in my class. So I always usually say, I'm like, you know, that cookie that has one chocolate chip in it. That yeah. was me. 
<laughs> so I was <laughs> so I was not only the only black person in the room, I was the only fat person in the room. So it's mm-hmm. just like one of those weird things. So um yeah, it was racism and, and fat phobia and I thought that that was true until probably until I went to college like um, when I went to five towns because um, I got to play it's gonna sound really childish I got to play Sharpay oh my god I was so excited (laughs) that's that's so correct for you I love that for you (laughs) you have I mean in a in like I say this in like the most loving way but like you have all the good things about Sharpay in your vibe you. And she's yeah. my favorite character in High School Musical, so it's a compliment. Um, she's the best character. She was wronged by Gabriella. She was <laughs> robbed. Absolutely. She put her whole life and blood, sweat, and tears into the winter musicale. And this random girl who didn't even care about it just waltzed out and stole just it from right in. under her nose. Oh. Yes. Yeah, no, because when <laughs> I actually think about it, like if that was me, I would be acting how Sharpay acted. Oh, like, yeah, totally. <laughs> I actually, I like had a moment where I was like, I relate to her so much because this other girl got the lead who doesn't even do theater that much. Yeah. And then Gabriella went off and didn't even pursue acting after. I know. It's like Sharpay needs that for her resume. Otherwise, Juilliard's never going to care. Exactly. (laughs) So, um, um, so you played Sharpay and that was, that sounds amazing. And how did that shift your perspective? Um, okay, the journey to get to be Sharpay was very, very, like, hard in the sense of, like, I, I knew High School Musical, like, the back of my hand, and I was super excited that we were even doing High School Musical, and a lot of my classmates were like, George, are you really excited we're doing High School Musical? I was like, yes, it saved my life, I wanted to be, like, (laughs) I want to do this after, and, um, I worked really hard, and there were, like, two other girls that the director told me like who literally look like Sharpay like white skinny and blonde who they, she was like yeah I have to consider them Georgia for the role because they need to look like the movie I was like who cares I know this part I am Sharpay and like <laughs> I this was like fighting for it and then like I remember going to the audition killing it and everything but then when I was Sharpay that's when it started to get a little crazy because my best friend she's also black but she's not plus size um she also has Sharpay-esque vibes to her too. Yeah. Um, the director noticed that I've gained like maybe like five pounds. And so she told me, she was like, Georgia, I see that you gained weight. And um, she was like, you need to lose weight. So then it was just one of those things where I was like kind of trying to fight it. But then I wanted to keep my role. And right. um, and she told my best friend, like, I love her dearly. Um that she would give my role to her if I don't like lose the weight and it like broke my heart I remember it was a really dramatic day just one rehearsal because I I overheard the director even saying to her that day yeah like Georgia's gonna have to be out you're gonna have to have the part because she's getting a little bit too big and we'll get new costumes for her and everything like that because they bought new costumes for me so they were saying that they were going to buy brand new ones for her because she was going to be like, you know, slim and everything like that. And I remember I could. But they couldn't alter yeah. your costumes, but they would buy a whole ass new costume. Yeah. It was so just, annoying. Like, crazy. And so I remember I, I cussed her out in front of a whole cast. <laughs> because you I should. just had it. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. I think it was just like everything like pinned up inside me. Just yeah. like let it all out. 
And I was just like, I worked so hard for this role that how dare you disrespect me like this? Like, and if I gained five pounds, that's really not that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, and then I remember like having to lose the weight and everything else. And, and me and my friends, we did like Insanity, which is like P90X. Oh, I remember that craze. Yeah, and I wasn't like thin, thin or anything like that. I just like maybe lost the weight that she was referring to. Mm-hmm. But while I was performing at Sharpay, it was great because like people seeing a black Sharpay just was something so different. And then also the fact that I was plus size was very different. Mm-hmm. So I loved when seeing if people brought their kids, like they were just like, it's so cool to see you doing this. Aww. And it was just nice. And my makeup looked really great because um, I didn't know how to do makeup back then. So my friends would like make sure that my eyeliner and my eyeshadow was pink and glittery ah. and stuff, which is something I've never done before. So it's just, they're just like, yeah, you look like a black Barbie doll. And so it's just really cute. Amazing. And um, I loved it. I will always cherish that. Even the drama, I will cherish that too. Because I stood up for myself. I'm like, I'm proud of myself. I did that. Totally. I'm so impressed. Like, for a college-age person to have that kind of confidence in a situation where, like, the person is lording their authority over you, like, that is very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I loved it. And also, the guy who played Ryan, he was also black, too. And he was plus size, too. Oh, that's So, awesome. it was, like, really cool. Yeah, we're like, yeah, we're both plus size and we're out here doing a damn thing. So, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then when you got to Temple, how did it manifest there? Oh, okay. I don't know what Temple is like now, but when I was at Temple, that place was hell. And I say that oh, okay. in, like, the, in the nicest way possible. Um, there was not only fat phobia, but just a lot of racism. Like we had this class called, I think it was like called 1087, where the whole theater department would meet. And I remember like my first time I sat like, and it was also in the in the actual theater. So I sat in the middle section, like there were three sections, like right, middle, left. Yeah. I sat in the middle section and I could feel the eyes staring at me from like all the white kids staring at me. And I was just like, a little weird and I kid you not all the black students were on the left side like there was probably only like three or four black students like in the middle or on the left but everything else like the left and the middle were all white students and all the black students were on the left and I just thought it was a little weird and then after the weeks went by because we had this class every Friday I saw no all the black students were still on the left so that's where I sat and so there was a lot of racism going on within the theater department Mm-hmm. at Temple and I like I said I don't know what it's like now but when my experiences were there it was like that and I wouldn't get cast in anything like I told you what I, I experienced in high school having a teacher say like teachers say yeah black people can only be slaves and maids Ugh. I had a teacher at Temple tell me black people can't do Shakespeare and um, so mad. that was one of the reasons why so how Temple's theater department works they have concentrations so they had an acting concentration so it was like acting one acting two you didn't have to be in the concentration but to get into acting three you had to be in the concentration Mm -hmm. so I remember auditioning for the concentration and um that teacher who said that black people can't do Shakespeare he was there and all the other teachers they told me they're like yeah we fought for you we loved your monologue and everything and they're like yeah but the head of the concentration who was that guy didn't want me in it and I was just like hmm that's 
weird if everybody liked my audition except for this one teacher. And then, yeah, later found out like, he, he admitted Black people shouldn't do Shakespeare. I was never cast in any of his shows, which was like the Shakespeare shows. Yeah. Um, and it was, you had to be, some of my friends would say this, you had to be this special kind of Black person, like, like happy Negro in a sense, you know, where people, where white people can get along with you and whatnot. Um, Like non-threatening, palatable. Yeah. mm -hmm. And I was kind of like that, but just not so much in the right sense. Like I wasn't light skinned. So that's why I didn't get cast. And then also, um, yeah, someone said I couldn't be a warrior because they felt like I physically couldn't keep up. And I was just like, I literally have a dance background. Like, you don't even know what I can physically do. Like, how dare you? Um, so, yeah, it was it was hell. <laughs> Except for my, my last um, semester, my mentor directed for Color Girls. And that was my first time, like, casting any, anything at Temple. Um and I was Lady in Red, and it was great. It was it was a great time. And of course, me, I was like, I don't know if I can actually do this because I haven't really been a lead, like a lead lead um, in a minute. And I was like, I don't feel sexy because Lady in Red has this like seductive sexual monologue. And I was right. like, I can't do that. Like, no, I'm not that. And he's like, yes, you are. You're a sexual human being, Georgia. And I just I didn't believe it because of how I was treated in drama school, either by classmates or by teachers. Totally. So um, it was one of those like awakening type things. And I feel like that's when quote unquote George Sky was invented. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a moment that I had to have myself and be like, no, I actually can do this. I am deserving of doing this. And I can do anything that the skinny girls could do or even the white girls could do. So yeah absolutely and then you went to lambda and you'd been at rada as well and i'm really curious about how the racism and fat phobia manifested in the uk versus the us um rada was fine um nothing crazy happened at rada i remember they the teachers that i had they told me because you know people are really obsessed with accents over there and i i always said to myself i was like a lot of black british actors are coming to America I need to go see what they're doing over there mm-hmm. so um they are obsessed with having their actors know how to do multiple accents and they want their actors to be trained well so that they when they go out in the world they can do anything um, which is great and I feel like that's what lacks in the American theater school system yeah um so I remember they pushed me to do like African accents and at first I was like why do you want me to do an African accent like weird but then, no I was like no this is actually great when I went to Lambda um same like type of complex in the sense of like me not accepting that I am okay being a love interest or right. um a leading lady and a lot of my teachers are like do you not know how beautiful you are and I, was, I didn't <laughs> I feel like I didn't know yeah um because I've just been so used to people telling me I'm ugly not just in theater or anything like that but just like growing up just being fat yeah. and a dark-skinned black woman um so I'm just like used to people telling me yeah no you don't deserve that so at Lambda they they really pushed me to really see that I was 
the leading lady. So I was always either playing a love interest or I was playing a warrior. Like we did stage combat. I was certified in that, which was like, cool. I was like, yeah, like take that temple. Like I'm certified. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, no, I I didn't really, honestly, when I was in London, like at Lambda, that's when Trump got elected. If Trump did not get elected, I honestly feel that I would still be over there. Like, I don't think I would be in LA because I was just treated differently. I was valued more as an actor, as a person. Um, I personally didn't experience like fat phobia too much over there. It was mostly sometimes racism, but not really, not really anything too crazy. It's like one time someone called me urban and I was like, that's racist. <laughs> um so yeah, I, I feel like at Lambda, they really pushed me so I can know that, no, I actually am a leading lady, wh- whether it be love interest or warrior or queen or whatever. So mm-hmm. I feel definitely body that queen? pushed me even more. Body queen, yes. <laughs> <laughs> body queen, yes, here we are. <laughs> but I loved it. And I, I'm sad that, sometimes I'm sad that I'm here. But when I watch shows that are from the UK, I'm like, yeah, I would definitely fit. Like when I think of sex education on Netflix, I'm like, yeah, I would be on that show because I feel this might sound weird and I hope it doesn't sound like a backhanded compliment, but I feel like British TV, they don't try to find people who are like Hollywood pretty all the time. Oh, completely agree. Completely agree. And so I feel that over there, people were, they're like, yeah, no, Georgia, you're talented. You can sing, you can act, you dance. Yeah, no, why wouldn't you be, be this person? And compared to over here, no, it's, obviously about how you look and now we you and I talk about on our TikToks like Hollywood plus eyes and everything else so it's very different like over there compared to over here yeah definitely and I think you can you can that comes through in the in the media that mm-hmm. like is produced over there uh so then how did you end up in LA how how did that like decision come about um Okay, so we have a showcase, like Lambda, they did a showcase for us, um, one in New York and one in LA. And before we even came back to the States, I knew I was going to LA because I was like, I lived in New York already. I'm from the East Coast. I already know the vibes. And I was like, I'm young, so I need to get my youth and do it all in LA while I can compared to compared to going to New York. And I was like, what am I going to do in New York? There's hardly any roles like leading roles for me to fight for um in the city um so I just figured my time and also my youth and maybe more fun would be in LA so I mm-hmm. I made the decision the first year in LA was hard because I didn't have any friends mm-hmm. I tell people all the time when they're like when they're like I want to move to LA I'm like it's gonna be hard you might not have any friends yeah it's, I'm so scared of that I like literally moved to New York because all my friends did <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's nice. We had, like literally my friends moved to LA after me, and I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Um, but I was by I was out here by myself, chasing the dream, <laughs> couch surfing, and everything like that. But yeah, I made the decision because I was like, I really do want to be on TV because I want to think about it. Like I said earlier, the first thing that made me want to get into acting was watching Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston. Yeah. And I and I just wanted to do things like that, like not necessarily Glee 100%, but I, I like a musical movie or a musical TV show if it's done well. Um, yeah. And then also I was just like, my teachers at Lambda, they're like, 
really, Georgia, you think you can do a Shakespeare movie? And I kid you not, I've been seeing all these like Shakespeare movies coming out, like what Denzel Washington doing um, Mackers and then Queen Latifah and Will Smith are going to do like a hip hop version of Romeo and Juliet. I'm like, see, they made me feel like I was crazy. I'm like, what the heck? And yeah, so it's one of those things where I feel like people, they hear me when I say things and they try to make me feel like I'm insane. But then Mm -hmm. when I see it like down the line, I'm like, I knew what I thought, what I thought and what I felt was right. So I feel like I am in the right place. Haven't gotten the right yes yet, but you know, it will come soon, hopefully. Definitely. And um, while you've been in the professional world auditioning, how have your experiences with fat phobia and racism compared to the ones you had in educational spaces? Um, okay. It's a little cutthroat out here. <laughs> I remember I auditioned for um, the role actually was supposed to be for a plus size character. And I remember my, my manager, they're like, yeah, they like you, but it's not going to work. And I was like, why? Like, if they like me, why isn't it going to work? And they're like, you just don't have the right look. I was like, what does that mean? And they weren't even really talking about the Hollywood, like Hollywood plus size look. They, my director said that they, I mean, the manager said that the person told him that I wasn't big enough. And I was like, what do they want me to do? Like eat a whole bunch of cheeseburgers or something? Like, I was just like, so like, like upset and it's upsetting when I do get those conversations with my manager when he's like, yeah, no, they really liked you, but you are this or you're that. Right. I'm like, it's not fair. Like, come on. I'm like, Ugh, right there. Um, so there's been the moments like those. Um, definitely people who are very nitpicky. So I have a gap. So I've had a cast and writer tell me, oh, you have a gap. You need to close that. And yeah, there's been people who told me like, yeah, I should lose about 70 pounds if I really want to fit in. And living in LA is very hard. Like just in general, like, yeah, it's the whole friends thing, but being a black fat girl in LA is hard because everybody wants to look like a Kardashian. Like, yeah, I kid you not. I remember when I first was here, I was like, everybody's so pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what I miss about New York. Like people, yeah, people are beautiful in New York, but some people aren't afraid to be ugly or at least show their differences and whatnot but people here no everybody looks exactly the same and one of my teachers did tell me this in new york he said um you're going to see a lot of people who look like you shorter than you taller than you maybe fatter than you skinnier than you like maybe one has green eyes or blue eyes or something like that and i kid you not that's literally what it's like out here so many people look exactly the same either different versions of the Kardashians or different versions of like Paris Hilton. And then there's me who's just there. And I'm like, I don't fit in with any of you guys. Um, I also don't have money to get surgery to get a BBL or get a mm. tummy tuck yeah. or anything like that. Um, and then, I mean, there's rumors. I mean, I've like read it online, and, but there's like rumors around here in LA when people who are small, like Jennifer Lawrence, who take, like weight loss pills and stuff like that. Like, you know, they themselves who are already skinny, the beauty standard, they're trying to like, like keep fulfilling that beauty standard even more. Um, so I feel like it's, it's hard being in a place where people think, yeah, that you aren't even deserving, but you're just constantly, me, I'm just constantly fighting it. And thank God for Lizzo. I'm happy that she's there in the limelight that people see her and that she's up there and that she made it. Obviously she has 
her own problems and you know we've seen it along the way but before her I feel like it was just really really hard a lot of people will say yeah you need to lose like 70 pounds or like 100 mm-hmm. something pounds or I was getting also a lot of auditions I was getting a lot of auditions for like older women um yeah and I was just like I had to have a really good conversation with my manager I was like how old do you think I am and he was like well you know like what like 45 50 I was like what? like how dare you I'm 20 blah 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 and, and he was just like oh I didn't know but like literally sending me out for roles that Octavia Spencer has gotten yeah I'm like of course I'm not gonna get the role over Octavia Spencer she's an <laughs> Octavia Spencer number one but I look very different than Octavia Spencer. So that's been a thing. And him and I, we've had conversations. He's like, they don't have any roles like for you. No one's looking for you. And um, so I feel like I've been the past like couple of years, I've been writing my own web series just so that I can hopefully in the like <laughs> the future get it like off the ground. Um, but yeah, I've been writing my own things because I'm like, I'm so pissed off that. Yes, no one looks like me, but no one cares about people who look like me. Yeah. And um, so it's like, I have to create the roles for myself. Yeah. And I and it's also like, no one cares because they're not seeing anyone who looks like you. So it's like this vicious cycle. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, it just keeps happening over and over again. Like, I want to say my last, not my last, but one of my second to last auditions, it said, it mentioned like Lizzo's name in the breakdown. And that was the first time ever that ever seen like Lizzo's name in there. But I'm like, yeah, it's because Lizzo is such a prominent like woman in like the media in the space. However, the breakdown was a little shady, in my opinion. It was like sassy, larger than life, Lizzo type. They love to say um, larger than life. That's their favorite fat code. Yes, oh, my like God. I'm like, like, how am I supposed to like do my self tape like it's so funny. It's like every goddamn breakdown where they're looking for a fat person, it always says that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things. It's like super weird. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. They're like, she's big in, in every way. It's- yeah. <laughs> they say yeah. fat, my dudes. Yeah. Oh my like, there was one that said um, she knows that people are looking at her when she walks in the room. And it's like, does that mean she's confident or are people being mean and staring at her? Right. Like, like, which one is it? (laughs) I feel like I would assume good, but then if the character is specifically fat, then I'm like, okay, but, like, what does Hollywood think, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ugh, it is tricky. Oh, my God. I am, I'm still gagging at Larger Than Life. (laughs) (laughs) Larger Than Life. Larger Than Life, Lizzle type, sassy. And I was like, Mm. and then at the, the, like, at the end of it, it said, like, heart of gold. Like, hmm. Okay. I guess I can do this. Like, I like Lizzo. Lizzo's got a heart of gold, but I don't know that she's, like, extremely sassy and larger. Th- like, she seems very, like, chill. <laughs> like, she'll stick up for herself, but she's, like, she's like a chill vegan who, likes. I don't know. That's my impression of her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, everyone, of course, views her through that lens of, like, oh, she's a fat black woman, so she must be sassy. And like big personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, probably except for the older, like what's like where it's like the, the role is supposed to be for an older woman, every single audition says sassy. And I'm like, why are all the black girls gotta be sassy? Yeah. Okay, I had this one audition. 
Um, and it said like, yeah, sassy. And okay, in the script, it told us like the girls. It said, and she twerks in the middle of blah blah, blah like twerks in the middle of the, the scene. And me, I was like, I don't want to twerk. <laughs> in this audition it just feels really dehumanizing and i was like yeah. i i mean i can front on my tiktok like i can twerk but i actually can't twerk like i'm not good at it so <laughs> you need a twerking body double yeah <laughs> twerk stand in <laughs> at this audition it was just like me like you know like acting larger than life and then it got to the twerk part and i just like like this and i was like oh gosh <laughs> just did it and I was like I hate myself I hate it so much uh, <laughs> but then when the show came out there was no twerking in the scene and I was like why couldn't I just do that like uh, I yeah make it so weird like that's the one thing that I it's I mean obviously auditions are different and the scripts change when they're filming and everything like that and there's edits but when there's like dehumanizing things in the scripts like saying like "Ooh, like the girl like there, there's another one because like girl rolls her neck and like like basically like that you know mm-hmm. stereotypical black girl things and then and when I watched the show when I watched the episode that wasn't there and I was like why did you have us do that in the room like I I don't understand why do you think that that was okay for us to do like it just feels like I'm just like a weird circus animal doing these weird tricks and then when I see the actual product that's not there and then I'm like why couldn't it just be that like real people talking and then maybe having a fun outburst here and there, but nothing like caricature like. Totally. Totally. And it really does get caricature and people eat it up. I see. I think I see that with like LGBT representation as well. Yeah. Oh, for sure. People just like love the camp of it and like love to have their like stereotypes validated. Mm hmm. Ugh. So then how did you get started on TikTok? And what was that process like of gaining this following? Um, okay, so my TikTok journey has been very, very weird. Um, okay, the reason why Body Queen came about is because I had a brand called Big Body Movement. And um, that started because I was just like really mistreated on this music video out here. And I just felt really, really bad about myself. And I was like, I'm just going to stand up. But I wanted to not only shout out actors, I wanted to shout out singers, plus size dancers, like, well, not even just anyone who's plus size, but just people who aren't, quote unquote, the status quo. So yeah, I have this stick body movement TikTok account, and I did some things here and there, but it didn't really, like, go anywhere. I feel like I didn't really have a niche. So I started a whole new TikTok account um, around, like, end of maybe, like, October um, Mm -hmm. of last year. And, um, yeah, I was just trying to figure things out. And I was just talking about like being plus size and like being an actor, but I more focused it on me. because I feel like with Think Body Movement, it was about like a whole bunch of other people. But this time it was just on me. And so, um, yeah, I started a series because, you know, people I, I also love fashion, too. I saw people talking about, ooh, like outfits that they liked. And so I started a series called Plus Size Outfits I'm Scared to Wear in Public. Ah. Uh. <laughs> And it was in, um, it was the day before Thanksgiving and I posted this video of me in a denim skirt, like a high-waisted denim skirt. And I remember I bought it from this store and I hated it so much how it fit on me. And it was like so tight around my belly. And of course, like how you see it on the model, you don't know what it's actually going to look like on yourself. So I've never yeah. wore it. So 
I wore this, I wore it in this video. And what the thing was, I had a blanket and I was like, you know, I was dancing to Ariana Grande positions. And then I just took the blanket down to reveal what the outfit was. And it took off. Like it was my first viral video ever on TikTok. And I was like, excited, but then I was like, what's gonna happen? So many people came for me, <laughs> like, um, you oh, know, fat shamers on TikTok. They're just like, oh, it's ugly, take it off, da 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 da, like, you're too fat. And then there were just like so many other people who just genuinely like loved it. And then I feel like they saw themselves in me because they're like, yeah, I'm scared to wear things like that too. You should wear it, it looks cute. Um, and so, yeah, I just kept doing that series and those videos just kept going viral. And then also I had another series um, it was, I called it shopping drama. And I just basically talked about my experiences shopping with my mom for clothes. And that was my baby because that I was actually like acting and I was doing multiple different characters. I was myself. I was my mom. I was my dad. I was friends from school. I was boys who bullied me. And, um, yeah, I did like a season one and then I did, did a season two. I kind of fell off. People were always asking me, where's season three? But yeah, I might bring it back up because school started again. But yeah, I had those really crazy viral series and yeah, and everything else. And people just flocked to me. Um, and I love them dearly. I love my body babes. They're so sweet and they're, they're loyal. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nice. And I mean, I also talk to them about, since I watch TV, I love watching TV on my live, like live streaming, watching TV with them. Yeah, um, I've done that too. Like, commentary. Like, I just love it. It's just fun because sometimes people are like, oh my God, I know what part you're going to be on. And if they watched it before me. So I just love engaging in that sense about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then how has TikTok changed your experiences in the industry? Has it at all? Do you feel differently when you walk into auditions or anything like that? I mean, I feel different every day. Like it's definitely TikTok has changed my life. Mm -hmm. um, as corny as that sounds. Um, it's changed my life in such a great way. Like I, so my mentor died um, like the day before George Floyd was murdered. Oh um, and so like it was, that was like the craziest time in my life. Like, just my mentor dying and I I couldn't believe it. I was so sad. He was like my theater dad, um, my number one like cheerleader. And um, then George Floyd happened and then, you know, BLM protests everywhere. Yeah. And so I was like terrified to leave my house. Um, and also the election was going on. So we all knew that Trump was, you know, on his BS. Um, I had Trump supporters like, living down the street like four houses down but everybody in my neighborhood was like, no this is a Biden neighborhood so it was just a lot going on and I feel that my TikTok literally saved my life because I was depressed how could you not be yeah <laughs> so, um, I was just um it, yeah I was just really depressed and I also because the pandemic I had a lot of you know self-reflection and I think my mentor always messaged me really great messages on Facebook. So for my sadness, I would go back and reread those messages and that he would send me before. And I started to write them down 
on post-it sticky notes and I posted them on my wall so I could read them every day. Um, telling myself like, yeah, no, you can do this and that you're great. Like whoever is telling you no, don't listen to them. Cause, and he, he said this one thing that was so sweet. He was like, I think, you know, a lot of people your age cannot hold a torch to you. So you need to go out there, go to LA and show them who the F you are. Yeah. And I feel like when he first told me that I was like, okay, but I'm not getting any, any auditions. Like I'm not getting in the room. No one cares. And he's like, who cares, Georgia? Show them who the F you are. So when I read those, I read the messages probably like every day. So I can just remind myself like, no, we're going to show people who we are, even if it is a fat shamer on TikTok or fat shamer in my real life. It's like, no, you don't actually know who the F I am. I'm actually a boss ass. I don't know if I can say bitch, but I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can. Swearing like, is I'm, 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 I'm absolutely so- loud. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just feel like <laughs> I'm just such a boss ass bitch. And I feel like really powerful. And, and maybe it is because like the whole followers, but I honestly feel for the first time ever, like I actually have people who are listening to what I'm saying. Yeah. Because no one before, like even from the beginning, like no one was ever listening to me. People always like doubt me. They would say no or say that this is what I'm supposed to do. And it just feels like for the first time people see me, they hear me, they value what I'm saying. And I know I'm not a horrible person. So that's what's also great. Like I just like, it's, it's really rewarding. So I, I know I walk around with my head held high. I walk around LA like, I don't really care about y'all. Like, y'all know me. <laughs> um, but no, it how it's changed myself in the industry. I mean, as annoying as it is, I do feel like I have slight, only slight power now, like slight influence. Yeah. Um, not as much influence as Miss Addison Ray. But, you know, I have some. Kill me, Addison Ray. <laughs> Yeah, can't be I mean, she has a lot of pool in the terms of like how many followers she has. And so, you know, Charlie D'Amelio and everything like that. But I'm, oh, I'm saying yeah. Addison only because of he's all that, which was an interesting ride. Um, but yeah, no, my my manager, he always says like, oh, yeah, I think this will help you get into more rooms. But there still aren't that many parts still written yeah. for people who look like me. Um but I mean, it's it's one of those things where I've been really blessed and really fortunate. I mean, like I'm here doing your podcast. Someone else asked me to do a podcast because my TikTok I was written about in Days Magazine. So it's like one of those things where I feel like the right people are like seeing my content. Yeah. Um, but no, it hasn't changed my life as like Addison Ray. <laughs> not yet. Of, like, industry <laughs> stuff. Yeah, not yet. Um, I mean, Lizzo duetted me once. Right. So, I saw um, that. Amazing. I think I saw it and, and, and yeah. I think it came on my FYP and I was like, oh my God, is that Lizzo next to the person I'm interviewing on my podcast? Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those things. I was like, Lizzo knows who I am, so it's okay. Even though the po- okay, that whole thing, the post that I did was because people kept telling me I look like Lizzo. And so it was one of those things like basically saying, Shut up, I don't look like Lizzo. And she duetted that video. And I was like, There's so many other videos, Lizzo, you could do it. You gonna do at the one where I say I don't look like you? It's Damn probably it. okay. the one that the algorithm decided was most important to show her for some reason. 
I mean, she probably did it because she's probably like, yeah, no, she's right. Like, stop calling all the fat black girls Lizzo. Like, we all can't look like her. Totally. Like, anyone who's under 40 and is fat and black, it's like, everyone's like, oh, my God, Lizzo. Yeah. Like, one of my friends, um, she's light skinned. Like, so I at least I'm the same skin complexion as Lizzo. My friend, she's light skinned. They tell her she looks like Lizzo. She's like, there's no way in hell I look like Lizzo. Yeah. I'm just fat. (laughs) yep yep it's the same thing as like oh my god you should play effie and dream girls you should play tracy turnblad it's like okay okay yeah cool from what i hear from people it's part of the black experience and part of the fat experience to be compared to people you look nothing like so with lizzo being the only other person who is both that's like super visible in the media of course Mm mm-hmm Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you saw my recent video where the Swifties are coming for me, but it was like Uh-oh. the sound the sound says like, um, I don't get it. And it's like, because that's because it's not for you. It's because you have everything. Everything is for you. And this one thing is for him. And it was talking about how Lizzo is plus size representation. And people and I'm like, people don't understand why I love Lizzo so much. And I'm like, yeah, you have everything. You have Taylor Swift, you have Ariana Grande, you have Olivia Rodrigo, you have Beyonce. It's like Lizzo is the fir- like not first, but f- I'll say first for me in terms of like black and plus size. First yeah. black plus size woman like who's in the music industry that I can see in the media and be like that is me. Yeah. And um, but yeah, some of the Swifties are in my comments like Taylor Swift has an eating disorder. You should take her out. I'm like, no, I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. If you Swifties see this, I'm saying I don't care that she like. She's still white and skinny and blonde. She's represented. Like, she's good. Yeah. And, like, it's not like you're being like, it sucks how white and skinny and blonde she is. You're literally saying, why is that all we get? Like, that's all we get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I wish people realized that that's not a personal attack. It's just pointing out, like, many examples of, of, like, the lack of diversity. Yeah. And I I had to make a video explaining that. And and I also had to say... um, like, it's not even about comparing Lizzo's music to Taylor Swift's music. It's no. just literally about representation. Yeah, and people don't want to acknowledge how important that is, I think, when they have so much of it. It's so uncomfortable to, like, acknowledge that everybody who's famous looks like you and you have that privilege. Like people, mm-hmm. and, and I think there's also just, like, an element of not getting it. Like, when if you're, yeah. if you're thin and white and you've seen your body like over and over in the media your whole life and that's just what that's just like the status quo and you don't question it mm-hmm. so then like having someone else question it makes you feel attacked Ugh. yeah um, <laughs> so while we are talking about you know these representations in the media do you have any others that have been really impactful for you throughout your life um yeah i wrote a little list down okay so talking Ooh. about cinderella um, with Brandy and um, and Whitney Houston. So one of the stepsisters, um, played by Natalie DeSalle Reed, she was black and plus size. And even though she was like the stepsisters, I like the stepsisters. Usually you're not supposed to like the stepsisters, but they have that really iconic song when they're like watching Cinderella dance with the prince. They're like, she's fucking boring. <laughs> What's your deal? Yeah. I relate to that so much. Rogers and Hammerstein really humanized those girls. <laughs> yeah. We can never go back. <laughs> yeah. So, like, when I saw her, I was like, dang, like, she is beautiful. Like, even though, yeah, she's a stepsister and not who the prince is going to be with, I was like, no, she's beautiful too. And um, I mean, yeah. obviously, they like 
lose at the end of the movie. But yeah, her and then um, Monique from the Parkers mm-hmm. saw her a lot. Um, I loved her energy, like how she was all the time in the show. I just, the one thing that sucked was like, you know, she was always chasing this one guy, Professor Ogilvy, and um, he never liked her. Like, you know, yeah. he thought that she was like, you know, quote unquote disgusting, but how some, some, not all, some men are trash in the sense of where like Nikki Parker went to go. She was about to be with someone else. Like once she like stopped giving her attention to him and yeah. he started being with someone else, that's when he started to like her. And I was like, Mm, ain't that all like goes. this yeah yes and so it's just one of those things like okay um and then the girl played her daughter countess vaughn who played um her kim parker but then she was also in moesha um but i didn't okay so i was too young to really watch moesha but i remember when my older cousins were watching moesha and i thought i don't like this show only because of how they were talking to kim and she wasn't even fat yeah but like how they were talking to her and how they were, how the guys were dismissing her. It just made me feel really ugly. But like, I liked her in the Parkers. I feel like she had a whole different vibe. They made her a little bit more dumb, but like, she always had a boyfriend. Like she, her fashion was great. She could sing. It was just like a whole different dynamic from when she was on Moesha, where she was like clowned all the time to be in the Parkers, where she was like, no, great. Um, My other representation. Okay. So, okay. A lot of black people have their 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 thoughts about Mr. Tyler Perry. And okay, when I first saw Medea, I didn't know that that was a man playing Medea. I was just like, oh, this is just like an older, like <laughs> older black woman. Um, but when I started to get a little bit older and then like obviously get into more into acting and just seeing how Mammy caricature caric- caricature s it was I was just very disappointed and stuff yeah. like that because then I was also bullied like if I would get mad people would, like calm down Medea I'm like how dare you how dare you I first of all I'm not even like that that's not even like how my essence is but like why would you weaponize that against me and I feel that because that character that character is loved by some people and then I can only take it in doses. That's how I feel about Medea. Um, and then same thing with like Big Mama, who was like uh, basically played by Martin Lawrence. And I think it's so weird that black men in the black community, we have a lot of like fat phobia and then colorism and everything like that. Um, I, when it comes to like dating, people have said like they, that they don't want to date me or anything like that because I'm too big or whatever. And then like, I'm probably like the same size as maybe like their sister or like their mom, who knows. Yeah. Um, but I think it's so weird that in my community, people feel that they can, you know, make these jokes and then black men feel so comfortable dressing up as fat black women yeah. and then portraying us as these like really hostile, angry people all the time. At least with at least a big mama, like that was for like the premise of the movie was that Martin Lawrence was going undercover, still being a mammy, but he was a cop and stuff like that. But like still the fact that he was still portraying that and I feel that some people they don't see it like even Eddie Murphy did it. I feel like they they feel like it was okay to do that, dressing up as these fat characters making us dehumanized. Yeah. And literally pointing and laughing, being like, Oh, look how masculine and aggressive black women are. 
and fat yeah. black women particularly. Yeah. And so um, that I, I sometimes when I try to think about the whole study of it all, it's just like so frustrating. But it's it's one of those things where I, even some people on my TikTok, they'll just they'll always ask me, like, are you a man? Da, 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 da. Because and then some people have said, like, oh, is it because of uh, Martin Lawrence? Because I've seen Big Mama. Da, da, da. I'm like, what does that have to do with? me and then what I'm doing like even if I if if I was trans that's a none of your business or anything like that but it's just like this idea of like black men back then being so comfortable doing that it's just like super frustrating dehumanizing and everything like that so I always feel like when I was little watching it I enjoyed it but like now as I'm older uh, it's kind of fucked up because yeah that's I think that's definitely one of the reasons why we aren't getting quote-unquote when I say we like people like me aren't getting jobs like that because that's what that's what they saw all the time in the media right and then they again you them. have the vicious circle where it feeds in feeds back in that because we don't see anything but that we think that's all there is and so then we mm-hmm. we think it's unrealistic to cast someone that's not that yeah and I also hate the fact that I don't know if this you probably feel the same way but I hate the fact that I have to be funny like that I have yeah. to do comedy I'm like, no, I am a dramatic actor. <laughs> I go in and out. I I like really enjoy comedy, but then I'm like, I'm not, I hate when people are like, you're so funny. And like, all I'm doing is some fat person joke. And it's like, you're not laughing at me. You're laughing at my body. Like you're not laughing at my acting skills. So then I think yeah. because of that, that's made me feel like I'm not really funny. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, my body is the crutch that pe- that makes people laugh and like, so I don't know if I'm good at comedy or if I'm just fat. And that makes me want to gravitate toward more dramatic stuff. Partially mm-hmm. as an outlet for the frustration and, and <laughs> yeah. sadness. Yeah, because, like, I remember my manager, before he signed me, he was like, he's, so what type of things do you like to do? And I was like, I love dramas. Like, I want to do a drama. I want to be in movies. Da, da, da. I want an Oscar, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, do you do comedy? I like, I mean, I, I can make someone laugh but that's not like my forte and later on down the line he's like no you have to do comedy and I'm like that's not fair like why can't I just be here but um but yeah so I feel like with Tyler Perry like Medea's character and Big Mama those characters are so like quote-unquote beloved in my community because yeah they are in comedic type movies and stuff like that. Yeah. And then obviously Miss Gabrielle Sidibe, Precious. Mm. Uh, I I've only watched that movie like fully once, but I've seen other things like in doses. And um yeah, I I love Gabrielle Sidibe. She's been through a lot too. Like she was on this show called Empire and mm-hmm. there was a, a sex scene she had to do. The internet went crazy like twitter went crazy they were I remember like, that see that oh why would they put that on tv and it's so frustrating because i feel that when i've seen sex scenes with like white plus size women there is a grace for white plus size women compared to black plus size women and so i always felt like i think that's also what my complex when i was like in drama school like yeah i can't be sexy i can't be pretty because no one wants right. to see that and I mean, I loved, um, I know your, your, your podcast is more than Trace Turnblad. <laughs> like, I love Tracy Turnblad. Like, okay, I remember when I first saw Hairspray and I was like, oh, I love this so much. Um, only because it just was very different from the things that I was seeing. 
And, um, but then of course, when I like talk about hairspray and how much I love, love it, my friends are like, you know, she has that white savior complex. Like, okay, maybe she does. But for me and my fat self, good to see like see yeah. her dancing and doing it so well and it's funny when you said that you will um your segment of like what character would you play if like that you you know you're not gonna be cast as I would love to play Tracy Turnblad boom oh cast Georgia cowards <laughs> because, because I just think I would just kill it I just I feel like I am a little bit Tracy Turnblad inside of my soul yeah She's uh, one of my voice teachers said to me once, she's an ingenue in a character actor's body. And I find that extremely <laughs> accurate. <laughs> also, like, I feel like the main character and she's the only main character that looks like me. So, yeah, because people would be like, no, Georgia, you could be uh, you could be Queen Latifah's character, like Motormouth Mabel. And I was like, I have to be the mom. In 20 years, maybe. Like, I was like, that's not fair. Why can't I just yeah. be crazy? Young and fun, dancing, trying to get the boy and everything. <laughs> um, and But something really funny about Hairspray, not funny, but um, interesting about Hairspray. Anytime I've seen uh, either my school do Hairspray, they've always cast a skinny white girl and they put her in a fat suit. They won't have an actual fat actress. Yeah. And that frustrates me. And I'm like, the one time. It's it's our only one. The only one. You still won't give it to us. On the episode that is coming out the Monday after we're, we're recording this, we have a, a long segment talking about the history of Dreamgirls and how Effie was so often a, a thinner actress in a fat suit. And like that happened a lot. Obviously, the original Jennifer Holiday was not that. But then like through the, the run and various productions, there were mm-hmm. a lot of thin women who played Effie. Yeah. I mean, that's how I, like, just pulling it back to uh, Miss Sarah Paulson. Yeah. Being in a fat suit. Sarah's not hurting for money. Like, yeah. she's Sarah Paulson. Like, she she's already an established actress. Like, she did not need to do that role. And it just yeah. felt like, dang, the one time. Like, it's not even just Sarah. Like, even I love her so much. But Auntie Viola Davis. Yeah. Like, when, for Ma Rainey, I'm like. That could have changed someone's life. And like, Viola, you're Viola Davis. You didn't need to take that. Like, we rarely get anything. And the one time that it's supposed to be about someone like who's big and like in their size, but like still a really good role, it's still not even given to us. And that's what's Was Octavia Spencer busy? Come on. Like, it's not like Viola Davis is the only like. Right choice like there are other like fat black actors out there Mm -hmm. so it's just it it sucks and it sucks when it's your faves doing it too Mm -hmm. and then you have to talk about it on your platform um (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean to sarah paulson's credit and she is a fave like she did apologize and say like fat phobia is real Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't do that next time so that's a good i think that's a good step too because it's even if it's just like in response to backlash like the fact that people do actually feel compelled to respond to backlash is really really good and i think that's like a sign that you know people like you and me who are posting publicly about this and like starting conversations like that we're actually moving the needle not to like yeah myself on the back too hard but like (laughs) no i no i pat you and me on the back girl because yeah 
I would never. Okay, I don't know about you, but I was getting into fights with people on Twitter mm. about this, and like people were gaslighting me, like you're an actress, and you should know what it's like to want to like be into a role. Have you ever heard of method acting? I'm oh my like, god! If it was method, she wouldn't wear a fake fat suit. You cast a fat actress because that is real. Exactly. Like it was just one of those things where I was like, ooh, like I was like literally going to war with people, not just on Twitter, but just even in my real like walking life with people from drama school. I was totally. like, no, it's wrong. I was like, it'll be different if the like playing field was even. It's not even. Right. Yeah. So um I feel like that that's what it's it's like, even just using those two people as examples, but it does feel like that a lot. And then obviously there's Hollywood plus size as being you have to have a really slim stomach yeah. and be curvy. And uh, listen, my fat is in different places in my body. Everybody's fat. Like, you know, everybody's bodies are different. And I don't know. I just feel like there's so many pressures in general, just in the world, but just definitely also living out in LA. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's one of those things. Sometimes I think like, maybe I shouldn't be talking too much about these things in my TikTok. Cause what if I'll get blacklisted or I have the same thought but then I feel like but then I think it's sometimes when the videos go viral those are the the videos that people are really engaging with and having conversations with and we will talk about these things which is really really nice so we did integrate cast me cowards which just leaves me one more question for you which Mm -hmm. is what do you wish people would do to combat fat phobia in entertainment bringing it back to miss sarah polson I'm happy that, you know, she acknowledged what she did was wrong, but I would hope that you, yeah, sure, you can apologize, but what I would love for her to do is, like, actually use that and put action to it. Like, actually make, like, she was executive producer for that show, make another show and, like, get fat actors in it. Like, use your platform to elevate other people who don't look like you. When I see thin people advocating for like fat, uh, like for like fat inclusion and against fat phobia and against diet culture, people respond so much more than they do to fat people. That's the truth. And like, I really think we need more thin allies. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that also frustrates me too. Like I, I, I talked about it on my, uh, on my TikTok. It was like, you probably saw that trend where it was like, um, where their body was like really like muscular but like really big and then they just show like themselves being really skinny like oh my god my body dysmorphia didn't do that um i hate that tiktok does that like every two three months oh my god it's it's the worst bring those trends back around um but yeah like i i obviously talk about on my platform because i sometimes i feel like i'm not just an actress i should talk about these other things too that's going on and Mm -hmm. talk about plus size fashion blah 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 blah. yeah um but yeah my videos did poorly and then like i would see yeah thin people talking about it yeah thin allies and i don't know a lot of people also tell me that my body is not supposed to be in like the like the body positivity movement or anything like that i'm like it was literally created by fat black women so i feel i would like yeah sarah paulson if she could like use her platform to just you know Put her money where her mouth is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that there are so many celebrities out there who just aren't like aware of this and could have a big impact if they spoke out about it. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm so sure that so many of you have had fat phobia like thrown at you all your life, even if you're not fat. Like mm-hmm. you guys, you guys can step up. I hope that more celebrities get educated about this and feel comfortable talking about it because like the people with 
a, who already have like the clout, who are already established in their careers and don't have so much to lose. Like mm-hmm. those are the people who need to be speaking out, we hope, and 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 sort of getting their minds around it. Yeah, I would I would love for I mean, I don't think Viola talked about the fat suit thing. I think I remember specifically all of the media talking about how she just kept losing weight. Like she only gained like a little bit of weight, but then they actually put her in a fat suit. So I feel that even if Viola did something, I would just be like, thank you. Thank you for totally. that. Um, so, I mean, I hope that people can hope Hollywood changes some things. I hope Lizzo is out there doing the damn thing. I mean, she, I didn't like the song rumors, but I was happy for the video that she had like fat dancers with her. Like, totally. Cause she was talking about how she wants to do this reality show, like looking for plus size dancers, plus size models. And I feel like sometimes when people say those things, it's like very gimmicky. And it was just nice to actually see someone who actually is fat and black actually putting fat people in her video and seeing them in the forefront the only person who was really skinny in the video was cardi b and she was pregnant at that point but it's just like it was nice to see that so i would love for lizzo to keep pioneering that i would also love to pioneer this um i mean that's what most of my platform is about but um we'll see i hope and pray because i'm sorry i need a job (laughs) amen amen to that (laughs) I need a job and I want to employ like other people and it's really sad because like I have other plus size actor friends who quit like who literally quit and yeah um and I always I think me because I'm just such a nice person I'm like but don't you think you want to get back into it and they say no and we've had heart to hearts where they've like cried to me like they've had experiences just like me um, they've heard my experiences and they've cried They're like George I don't understand how you haven't quit yet and I'm just like I I don't know how I haven't I just feel like it's literally the reason why I was put on this earth um, yeah. and whatnot so I feel like I'm doing it also for them too yeah and like when people see your body on screen they're gonna say if I look like that I can still do that mm-hmm. yeah honestly I don't know how I haven't quit either I've come close a lot of times but here I am <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, what keeps me are. going. That's what keeps me going is thinking that like if I had seen one person who looked like me in and you know if I had seen Shrill when I was a kid or something like that and like seen a fat person like having a full life and having sex and like having a job and having a personality that wasn't just like ha ha stupid fat yeah. like like sad whatever then I feel like my whole life would have been different. Yeah. For sure. Hands down. Um, and I'm happy that things in the media are changing and um, I, I I can only hope for the best. <laughs> yep. I hope they change a little bit faster. Yeah, a little bit faster. <laughs> a little bit Just, faster. Yeah. A little bit faster so I can pay some of these student loans back oh, <laughs> for right. all these schools I went to. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, oh uh, yeah. That's what's stopping me from applying to grad school tomorrow, but it's fine. Um <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on. Before we go, do you have anything you want to plug? And what is your social media? Well, I also love TV and film. So I have this other platform called Body Pop TV, where I just talk about TV and film. I just talk about things that I'm currently watching on TV or any movies. Um, and it's a good fun time. Come chat with me if you like, other than Body Queen, like just regular BOPO content. Um, but yeah, my 
social media is body queen b-a-w-d-y queen on tiktok on instagram um you can also find me on twitter um body pop tv is on youtube and it's also on tiktok and yeah thank you so much for having me this was fun i love this yay me too this was so much fun having you on have an awesome rest of your day georgia you too bye abby Thank you so much for listening to More Than Tracy Turnblad. If you liked it, hit subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. Also, follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, all at More Than Tracy T. And just tell your friends. Word of mouth is great, too. You can find more information at morethantracyturnblad.com. Turnblad.com.